Welcome to the My Risk Advisor podcast. This podcast is for anyone in the Australian financial planning ecosystem with a focus on life risk insurance. Whether you're a seasoned advisor or just starting out, I think you'll get heaps of value out of this podcast. I'm your host, Phil Thompson, and I'm a life risk insurance specialist, and you're listening to My Risk Advisor. Hey there, welcome to the Minor Risk Advisor podcast. Today with me, I've got John Rigetti, who is the head of advice at ABFS Group. Now, the reason I've got John on is because they've got thousands of policyholders within their business. So we have a chat about how do you go about talking about premium increases with your clients. So over the last few years, all insurers have been increasing premiums. So it's a good discussion about how we go about that conversation with clients. So before we get stuck into the podcast, we can't do this podcast without the help of Zurich and OnePath. So I just want to start by saying thank you. Zurich and OnePath are your partners in life and are also proud supporters of the My Risk Advisor podcast. All right, awesome. Thanks for joining me, John. So before we get started, just give us an understanding of who you are, where you're from, um, because today what we're going to talk about is how to manage premium increases for clients. Bill, yeah, thanks for having me on, mate. Um, yeah, so uh, I've been an advisor for four years, been in financial services for uh 12 years i think now so yeah risk advisor uh, only these days uh, when i first became an advisor um, the business i was working with uh, which is kind of still the same business it's just changed a little bit over time we used to do a little bit more holistic uh, advice now we just focus on uh, risk only our a big part of that is because our primary uh, referral partner is a general insurance network and so most of the clients that we are uh, beginning to talk to, the, the conversation is around risk to begin with. So it makes sense uh, that we, you know, sort of stick to risk. And obviously it's something that we do all day, every day, and it's the best, you know, it's what we do best. So um, we've, we've stuck to that for the past couple of years. Awesome. Yeah. So, so just help us understand kind of the, I mean, the reason why I want to have a chat to you about it is because you guys have got a big um, enforce book of yeah. clients. Yeah. So across the group, give us an understanding of like the size um, of of the amount of clients that you guys have. Lots. Yeah, we've got thousands of, of clients. I would say, mm. um, uh, and and from all different you know sectors. Uh, you know, there's, there's SMEs, there's um, self employed people, there's um, just regular mums and dads. The whole uh, the whole spread basically. So we've got a pretty diverse. Uh, group of, of clients uh, that we work with. And do you guys have like a concentration on specific insurers? Like do you, do you notice that you've got a big concentration on insurers or it's like it's pretty spread everyone out? everyone and anyone? Yeah, yeah. Look, it is it is pretty spread out. Um, there's, uh, yeah, we, we would work with every, every insurer. We would have clients with every insurer, I think, in the market. Yeah, yeah. And, and the reason for that question is more you hold risk when an insurer increases their premiums, it's going to impact a, a significant amount of clients regardless for, of who for, the insurer is. For sure, yeah. But, you know, that's, I mean, I suppose that's what we're talking about today is, you know, it's probably for, for advisors that are listening, like we've all been uh, working through premium increases because most of the insurers have put their their, their rates up in, in various um, ways. So, um, yeah, I mean, you yeah. Even if you've got a pretty diverse, diverse book, you, you, everybody's experienced these these rate increases. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and so I mean, look, 
as advisors, new business increases. Who cares? Because we just all we just all keep everything. Yeah, you know, we just compare the market at the time. Yeah, it's more the enforce book and and the, you know, do we look at moving them? Do we look at retaining them and reducing cover? So yeah. let's just touch on that. When when you get an email from a client and saying, "Hey, X insurer increased my premiums by fifty percent." Yep. Um, like how are you, how are you guys managing that conversation with the clients yeah. and and how does that all work? So so for me, um. Uh, I, I wouldn't say that I, I I get that kind of an email too often. I mean, if we've got clients, like if I've got clients that I, I know are going to get hit, um, I'm generally talking to my clients before renewal anyway. So, you know, there's obviously a few outliers in there, but, uh, you know, we, we, we try to stay aware of where these premiums are moving and then, you know, you know your clients and you kind of get a bit of a feel for who's going to get smashed at the next renewal. Um, and so... For those clients in particular, uh, for me, it's about, you know, demonstrating to them that, you know, I'm a professional, we're a professional business um, and we're going to just face into it straight away. So I try and get on the front foot with with clients that I know are going to get uh, hit for whatever reason. Um, if it's a if it's an unexpected premium increase, I'll, I'll maybe we'll come back around to like, you know, just natural age-based increases that mm-hmm. all clients forget um yeah, yeah. you know it come about but but for the unexpected increases I, I really try and do my best to to get on the front foot um and and talk to them about it because i think um you know it sucks you know it's the same for us like if we get a if we get a, an unexpected premium increase it's it's um it's always pretty annoying so i feel like if i'm talking to a client and i can say hey look i've got some bad news unfortunately renewals coming up pretty soon um, and there's been a few changes, right? So I, I guess the first thing that I try and do in that approach is let them vent, you know, <laughs> instead of digest yeah. it. I, th- I suppose that's a, just give them give them the space. I suppose just to to yeah get that frustration. Think about insurance country yeah, companies, yeah, yeah, you know, because that's natural. That's totally understandable. You know, mm. if you've if you've got a renewal um, notice in the mail, and um, you know you're a 52 year old male who is going to get a 15 to 20 percent increase anyway and, and it's actually now it's a 40 percent increase on the previous year yeah. um, I think it's really important to just to just let them you know have that time um, and then start moving into all right well, what are we going to do about it this year you know and so when you say you, you're trying to get on the front foot so we, we get the insurers email saying hey we're getting an XY you know getting an X percent increase on your policy yep. Um, for these for these categories, so you go into X plan, run a report, work out who those clients yeah, we'll look, are. We'll look on the insurers portal and just have a look at the renewals that are coming up. Like you know, you generally get a pretty good feel for it. Like I don't need to. I, I probably don't waste a, a whole lot of time. You know, really digging into the nitty gritty. I just kind of have a look at those renewals that are coming up, and and we try to yep. have a focus on talking to clients anyway about their renewals coming up, just to say, hey, you know, do you need to make changes? Let's review the advice that we've given you recently. Do we need to? Um, Revisit the strategy, et cetera, et cetera. What's changed in your life? Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I usually kind of I, I use the insurers portals, you know, that say here's your upcoming renewals for the next 30, 60, 90 days. Yeah. Yeah. So so you know, insurance company X sends out an email. You go, I'm not going to talk to the clients just yet. Let's wait until we're sixty yeah. days away from renewal, and yeah. then just you're cycling through that. Yeah, and also like you know, you you can. I mean, you. You could, I suppose, um, 
if you wanted to, you know, build a campaign or a strategy just about reaching all of your clients to say, hey, look, this is happening. These are the reasons why, you know, that would be the thing. But, you know, in our business in particular, we've got a really big focus on just picking up the phone and talking to clients. So, um, you know, nothing nothing is better than than having a an actual conversation with the person just to work through it. And And, and so... You know, that being the case as well, we really want to see the renewal statement come out first so we can see, all right, this is what the premiums are and we can look at, you know, because then the conversation is probably going to go into what are the levers we can pull to try and adjust this, whether it would, you know, declining CPI increases, you know, and working through from there. So That's right, yeah. So, I mean, we've got, we deal with a lot of young clients, so the premiums are quite cheap and when they see a, you know, 38% increase and yeah. then I pick up the phone and say, look, it's going to cost you like, Four hundred dollars extra value. is yeah. that? Is that a big concern? And and it is, of course. Four hundred dollars is four hundred dollars. Yeah. But um, in reality, thirty eight percent is much bigger than four hundred in in clients' minds. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, you did right. I mean, that's it's it's relative, isn't it? Really, to what the the premium that's being paid, and and I suppose you know, and I know you you would have the same thing, Phil. Like. Uh, those younger clients, you know, we all expect sort of 10% increases through our sort of 20s and sort of early 30s and then it moves to sort of 15% increases and then, in, you know, through your 50s, it's clients looking at 20%. Um, and you're right, you know, like 10% of like a $2,000 premium, um, 200 bucks. So, yes, it needs to be talked about, but it's it's less of, of a bill shock if you're 50 and your premium is 10 grand. Well, that's, that's $2,000. Um, and that's, that's right. That's something that's a big deal that you need to work through. Yeah, and we, we've done a few different styles of managing it. Um, like we uh, we recently sent out a letter saying, "Hey, you're getting an increase. D- let's let's have a chat about it. Here's a here's a place to book in a phone call with me to have a chat about it." Yeah. And then in that phone call, clients are like, "Oh, what's my premium going to be?" And it's like, "Well, can't tell you. I don't know what don't the know. <laughs> yeah, I can't tell you. We'll, yeah. we'll tell you when we get closer to renewal." Yeah. Um. So I kind of look back at that and go maybe it would have been better just to send that email out that that pre-renewal and go right, we're going to get this statement because because then what what inevitably happens is when renewal comes i get another phone call saying oh hey what's going on i remember we had a phone call it was all yep. theoretical but now i know the dollar, dollar value yeah um yeah. so have you guys ever tried that like blanket email out or, or you've just <laughs> gone you're just much smarter than me and just done the phone call just before <laughs> renewal no look uh, we've done uh, like email campaigns not not specifically for for that i think you know i think you know most of the insurers that have had these these big rates rate rises as well that have been unexpected have also done their own campaigning to the client in advance to say hey you know there's going to be some changes coming and these are the reasons why i speak to your advisor so Mm. um yes obviously it's important for us but because we kind of know that i'm going to be talking to to clients anyway about that um we haven't we haven't done any you know targeted campaign um recently anyway yeah and and so you know every insurer is increasing rates at different times and and for different clients and so do you guys have like or do you do yourself personally have like a a word doc that says you know one path increases x and it started from this date and do you have like a do we keep a cheat sheet for yourself uh, not really i mean we're pretty across it i think you know most of us we know we know um, and, and you're right, like it's obviously most of the insurers have targeted those increases in, in various um, spaces, but um, we talk about it as a team. So um, it's not that we're all doing our own individual thing, but we wouldn't mm. keep a cheat sheet per se. 
Um, for us, you know, we we catch up as a team, you know, twice a week, and we talk about these things. So um, when we know that there's going to be a a unexpected increase, um, you know, we we've got to we understand when that is going to take place, um, and for clients from a certain renewal period afterwards. So I think we're all we're all got a, we've all got a really keen awareness of what those um, what those changes are and when they're going to take place. Yeah, that's right. And and yeah. being insurance only, that's what you guys do day in, day out. It's not yeah. it's not a hundred different insurers and different premium raises. It's we've got to keep an eye on twelve. Yeah, yeah. And and like I said, you know, for our clients as part of that renewal process, you know, we, we don't want to be kind of setting and forgetting things anyway. We want to be sitting in front of them once a year to to go through it. And, you know, that's they're our clients, but it, you know, again, like I sort of said earlier, you know, they're our referral partner. Um, they're general insurance brokers, so they're used to that anyway. They're used to sitting mm. down with a GI broker once a year um, to go through. Okay, what are the what are the changes in the business? What are the business risks um, as part of that renewal process? So they, they're kind of used to that, and we want to we want to um, really emulate and, and mirror that. So yeah, that's right. Yeah. And so off the back of that conversation, do you have an idea of how many clients are wanting to say, "Oh, stuff this insurer. Let's go somewhere else. Let's compare the market." And- oh, I'd be taking a Dab in the dark. Probably look. I think it depends. It depends on what the damage is. I think, mm. um, but I, I guess the the process. You know, I'll sort of talk you through the way I would. And yeah, we get these all the time. So I've done probably three or four of these conversations this week, right? Where yeah. renewals coming up, and so I've got in touch with the client. To say, you know, hey, so and so, renewals coming up in thirty days or two months or whatever it is. Uh, the earlier, as soon as we can get our hands on the renewal statement. And, um, and like I said before, you know, just just say, hey, look, there's there's going to be some changes this year. Your premiums are going up significantly, and my my process is not to sort of start with, hey, let's shop it around, but to talk to them and go back to the strategy of why they've got that cover in the first place. And so, you know, without getting like sort of too complicated, you know, if we just look at like life and TPD cover, it might be just pegged to their debt, or it might be like a buy sell or something like that, which is um, you know, matching their equity in the business that they're in. So we go back to the strategy for starters to sort of talk about, um, you know, why that cover is important. Uh, certainly talk about why, what are the drivers behind the the premium increase? Because I think, you know, the lay person who just has an insurance policy and it goes up like that, I often get the feeling or the sense that they, their first thought is this insurance company is just trying to pump up their profits and rip me off kind of thing. Yeah. And and then the second thought is usually, hey, why do I have this cover? You know, especially if it's a high premium, people are like that's a second mortgage. Like, you know, what? Why? Why am I? Why? You know, and it's all kind of a bit sort of angry in the moment. So, yeah, my first step is to just take them back to, hey, this is why you've got the cover in the first place, and what are our options here? So, um, yeah, we can move it, but there's a lot of hassle around that. Right, and there's obviously some risks and some things that we need to work through, and there's a, probably a fairly big time investment on your behalf as a client, where especially if you're, you're looking at higher sums insured and medical underwriting and testing and all that kind of stuff. So I start first of all with, well, what are our options just to manage what you've got to make it a little bit more, you know, manageable? Um, is it affordable? Make it more palatable for you, whatever the case may be. That's our first starting point. But if I had to take a stab in the dark, you know, I would say probably. I don't know, 20 or 30% of people are, are keen to sort of review or do, at least they want to understand what the rest of the market looks like, you know, especially if they've got yeah. a really old policy. Yeah. Where, what about you? Do, do you? 
Yeah, it's interesting. I I have a conversation with clients and and really just say, look, is this historically normal? These these increases? Well, no. We're in a yeah. bit of an unusual scenario at the moment where air, the floodgates opened and everyone just went up and up and up. Yeah, um, because of profitability. So yeah. everyone's done it, and it was kind of a you know it, it was a pent up. Um, like desire from insurers to increase it because they were losing yeah. money, so they yeah. needed to. Just they just didn't want to. Issue. Yeah, and so I so I talk about like historically, this isn't this isn't a normal thing. Moving forward, will it be normal again? Well, I can't say if it's yeah. they're going to increase it again. But good news is they made money last last financial year, yep. so hopefully there hopefully is that the, the t- we're turning the corner at least. And then I talk about is this normal from across insurers. Yeah. And the answer is, unfortunately, yes. Like, yeah. So I, I'm actually a really big believer for myself personally and for my clients that shopping it around isn't a, a great idea. Yep. Um, yep. Now, comes, you know, we, we do a quite a bit of level premiums because we deal with really young clients. Yeah. Yep. And so that has an impact as well. For sure. Um, but but even, even if we had all stepped, I would still be a big believer in looking at um, – maintaining your cover yeah and so i really just talk to clients to say look let's have a chat about the actual cost about yeah. the of the cover and what can we do about it because if we move and get a cheaper premium there's nothing to say that that insurer is not going to increase gonna the, the next thing. month yeah um yeah. and so so i really try and encourage clients to think about you know moving around only just increases the cost for everyone yeah um unless and, there's and, really and and it's you know like i said i think the the extra risks that go along with that and just the hassle and the time and the investment um, from the client's perspective as well, you know, yeah. like that's, I think it's such a better place to start with. What are the things that we can just tweak on your current policy to try and improve things if that's the appropriate thing to do? Because that's just paperwork, yeah. you know, that's easy. Yeah, yeah. Um, before. Well, easy enough as long as we easy don't enough. increase and then yeah. <laughs> we're investing a lot of time. Yeah, but a lot easier than, you know, Going through a full review, changing the insurer application. Here you go. Going, to, you know, a nurse is going to visit you. Do your blood test, your medicals. You know, that's right. Two years later, we've got a rate guarantee for two years yeah. until we get a fifty percent on that policy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Here so we go again. That's all part of it. Yeah, I think as well. Like just just on that topic, like one of the other things that I'm I'm pretty keen on too is. Um, you know, which obviously we should all be doing anyway, is looking at those longer-term projections as well. And, and obviously they, um, they're not set in stone, but it gives us an idea and we kind of know at least what the next sort of year or two in particular looks like. So, you know, for new clients, you know, if, if they're a bit older, um, when I say older, uh, I mean sort of 40 years old or, 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 or more, um, I make a pretty big deal about showing them, hey, this is what the next couple of years is going to look like um, and it's normal. You know, because yeah. because you're you're in that risk bracket where you're much higher chance of you're going to make a claim. So, uh, so I, I often tie clients back to that when they see, okay, this is the premium that's come up, which is a, a natural expected increase. Mm. I really try and anchor back to that and go, remember, I know you've forgotten, <laughs> you know, because because yeah, yeah. it's been forget everything we talked about. Yeah, 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 yeah. But we did talk about this, and um, you know, th- there's a reason for it. So. Yeah. Yeah. And and uh, assuming you've got unlimited resources, there's no kind of time consideration from the client, they'll give you as much time as as you want them to have. Like what would your ideal scenario of of managing premium increases with with the clients? What do you think the the best practices are? 
Yeah, look, I, I mean, I, I'm going to sound like a broken record. I think more of the same of what, I, what I've sort of been explaining. So really going back to the strategy, you know, you know, we might have set you up with you know, life and TPD. Part of your needs analysis was, you know, debt and the kids were a certain age and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, a couple of years have passed or years passed. Can we start reducing that? You know, like let's do a proper review mm. here. And what's your debt now? Your kids are another, another year older. They're that much closer to being independent. Um, you know, is there a need for the amount of cover that you have? Invariably, you know, often that going through that process as well, you you sort of talk to clients and their incomes have increased and stuff like that mm. at the same time. So you, you know, you, you're sort of taking down some cover, but pumping up, you know, income protection and things like that to match their their new incomes. But yeah, it's a difficult conversation having the conversation about premium increases yeah. from insurers and then saying, oh well, we're you're really underinsured now. So yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> let's increase the premiums again. Um, um, but I think, but I think, you know, uh, from a consumer point of view, I mean, you put yourself in the sh- you put yourself in the shoes of a client. Um, you, you want to know that your advisor is, um, you know, once a year before and you're, is taking these things into account, you know. And so, yeah, sure, premiums have increased, but, hey, if you've got an under-insurance problem as well, that needs to be addressed as part of the, the conversation. So I think that all helps to build trust and, and just fronting mm. up to the fact that, hey, yep, this, is, this sucks that the premiums have gone up this year, um, but there are some things that we can potentially do. So let's try and address it, you know, and, and you know, it's just the way it's going to be. Like that's the premium is the premium, but, you know, we'll try and do our best to, to manage it for you. So That's it. And, and like we were talking about before, before we hit record about like, you know, where do we see in the industry going? Are we feeling confident? Are we feeling, you know, a bit, bit down about where, where the future is? Yeah. And the thing we, we talked about is at the end of the day, people have a need for insurance. Yeah. And it's and it's only growing because people are becoming more and more wealthy. So yeah. clients, as annoying as premium increases are, it is unfortunate reality of the industry that is. And but but at the end of the day, the clients still have a need for insurance. Yeah. So getting on the phone, having a chat to them, and saying, "Look, really sorry, happy to hear you vent. Just give us give us a rant for the ten minutes about how the whole industry is staffed and yeah. no one pays out claims and, and whatever. And that's yeah. okay. I'll yeah. listen to you." But then talk about and go. At the end of the day, you still need insurance. Yeah, like you can't just drop the, it. Yeah, you yeah. Can't not have insurance. Yeah, yeah. And and the good thing is, it's not just a you keep or you drop. It's a you can keep, you can decrease, or you can cancel if you want to. Yeah, um, yeah. There's options. And, yeah. But understanding the risk that we're now taking on and and revisit it, the reason we took out the cover is because you wanted to protect a risk, yeah, or you wanted to, f- to pay for this risk to be protected by by a you know third party insurer, yeah. And do we still want that at a at a premium increase? And if the answer yeah. is yes, then then we still need this cover. Yeah, yeah. And I think as well, like you know, for sure. Um, where there's still that need for the cover, I mean, particularly. You know, if it's, if it's a fairly new policy anyway, like the premium, like the whole industry is going to charge a similar kind of premium at the end of the day. You know, like mm. sure you can shave a bit here and shave a bit there and, and that sort of thing, but but um, you know, the, you're still going to have to pay for those premiums. And you're right, if there's still that that base need for the cover, um, you know, and and that's why we don't have people just drop the cover. You know, like most of the time, like nine times out of ten, people just say. All right. Yeah. After they've, as you say, you know, yeah, the yeah. Rant, that's annoying. But thank all you. right. <laughs> all right. Well, what do we do? 
cool and yeah. they'll listen to to us you know so and and they'll keep their cover i mean thank god because like you know you you do i remember when i first started you know and i used to sort of approach these with a bit i was a bit more nervous about it i guess you know in terms of like worried that hey you know i'm gonna stuff this conversation up or you know the client's gonna just freak out and just say hey i want to cancel everything which is bad for us because we want mm. the client, but bad for them too because they're not going to have cover because they just cracked mm. it you know um but you know people people usually you know they're they're, they're people are smart and reasonable and sort of get it so yeah that's it and 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 if we put as you said put yourself in the client's shoes like if we just think about it from the client's point of view and like because there is at the end of the day we make money off of helping people get insurance cover and and maintaining it Mm -hmm. and so even even if you're fee for service or commission either way you're making money from the business of insurance yeah and so just just taking yourself out and going look at the end of the day it's not about me or like i don't i don't desperation smells very bad and so yeah. don't go there trying to maintain the cover for your own purpose yeah. and going, oh, I'm going to get a claw back or I'm going to do, you know, we're going to lose revenue because of this. At the end of the day, the clients will do what, whatever they're going to do 100%. and just be there to serve them and go, yep, it's annoying. Appreciate it. Do you still need the cover? Probably yes. Yeah. And, and I'm a little bit more blunt about it with my clients. I'm just like very matter of fact. It's like... Look, I keep my cover and especially because I've got my cover with BT and they did massive a big increase and, and we did a lot with BT in 2020. And I just say, I'm with BT as well. I'm getting the same increase. Yep, it's really annoying. Well. Yep. Um, but there's no way I'm reducing my cover yep. um, because I know if I died, Kate still needs the money. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I so agree. Have, I guess with the the other difficulty with with these premium increases and looking around and shopping around is now we've got new income protection policies. Yeah. So the new ones we have are, are you know worse than the old ones. Yeah. And the price isn't that much cheaper. To, yeah. yeah. To boot. Yeah. So have you moved anyone from the old income protection to the new one out of out of a pricing increase? Yeah, yeah a few, but not heaps. Yeah, and it's complicated, isn't it? Because yeah. because there's now it's not like you know, you're not comparing apples to apples really. And so, again, you know, going back to what I was saying before in terms of the extra time investment from the client and the risks that they have to kind of understand as part of that process, mm. you know, that's where it, it opens up a whole other conversation with them. It's like, hey, I think, it is, you know, a lot of clients sometimes, not, not I shouldn't say, I shouldn't say a lot, but many clients kind of look at it insurance like their home insurance and like their car mm. insurance and yeah, you're yeah. kind of used to shopping it around every couple of years and you, you kind of have to just remind them to pump the brakes on that a little bit just to say hey look this it's a little bit different you know and there's the stakes are potentially a lot higher you know mm. so we need to work through this really carefully um and sure like if we looked around for another income protection policy you know you're gonna have to um make some compromises you know on the level of cover that it might may provide and talk them through that which is which is you know, it's a it's a big conversation. It's a long conversation to work through. All right, here's the trade off. If you go for this other policy, uh, these are the things you're potentially going to miss out on. Or yeah, yeah, that's right. And and I know, I mean, for myself personally, I'm petrified of that conversation. Like, you know, how do I make sure I tick every compliance box to make sure the client is fully aware yeah. of the risks of moving? And, and- um, and I'll, I'll just add something to that, though, as well. You know, as you said, be, about being blunt, you know, our job as well as, as advisors is to sometimes be pretty firm with clients as well. And, and sometimes I'll just say to certain clients, like they might be self-employed or something like that, 
And depending on their individual circumstances or their business circumstance, I'll just say, look, it's a bad idea. Like, mm. we, we, this is not good. Yeah, sure, you can save a bit of money, but um, really, the policy that you've got is gold. Like, you should stay stay with That's what right. you have. Yeah, yeah. Like, and and even to the point, like where you know we're we're drafting a lot of our email templates and and just reviewing that internally at the moment. And and so I'm thinking all about the messaging, how are we talking to clients, how are we communicating with them, and yeah. and the messaging that I keep coming back to is like we want to be firm, we want people to take action, yeah, um, that's in their best interest, but we want to make sure <clears throat> it comes across in a way of I'm not trying to do it, I'm not trying to get you to take action so I benefit. Yeah. So even things I say at the moment, like like if I am, if I do say to clients, please keep your policies, mm. like I'll even say like. Feel free to transfer it to another advisor. Is it is not at all because I want to generate any revenue from this policy. Mm. It's because I legitimately think this is in your best interest to keep it yeah. because of X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so we'll, you know, in our new client process, when people don't take action, we're like, we think insurance is super important. This is what we do day in day out. Yep. Even if you don't get us to help you, you need to get this in place. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so we're kind of reiterating that. It's not about me. It's about you. Yeah. Yeah, I 100% agree. And, and you know, in that same vein, I think, you know, when it does come to looking at alternatives and even in this new, you know, world of disability products, you know, I think going into the future, we there, are, there is still going to be a place for replacing these policies, you know, because affordability naturally is, is still going to be a big issue, right? So I think... As time goes on, I kind of expect some of the older products to get more and more expensive. You know, relative. oh yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a shrinking pool. Yeah, like so. So I think about that a lot as well. Yeah, and so I think there'll be a place where you know, and again, I mean, it's, it's we got to do the work with our clients, right? To just go on balance: is this a good thing for you, or is this a bad thing for you to change your policies at this point in time and just keep working through it year to year? That's yeah. right. And and today, and this is why I say to clients at the moment who have got increases on the old policy, and I say, look, today I think it's a good idea to keep it where it is for these reasons. Yeah. But in five years' time, I could pick up the phone and say, hey, let's move because because it's increased to like substantially more. Yeah. And so that balance between the the pricing, just pure pricing difference. Yeah. At the moment, it's not that. Not that huge difference. Yeah, the yeah, pricing. I agree. Yeah, in the future, it it'll probably get, it'll there. get there. Either yeah. either new price, new premiums coming down a little bit. Yeah, um, unlikely to be the case. I mean, that's kind of my yeah. optimistic worldview um, coming out. But <clears throat> the, yeah, the old pricing going up will mean that that the benefit of moving becomes even greater. Yeah, yeah, and I think that there's going to be some scales in the mix there, and eventually it'll tip tip the scale for for some clients but again you know like it's it's up to us to do the work and understand what our clients needs are and and figure out hey this is this is going to be the best thing for you are there i mean a little bit off topic but i mean it does come to premium increases and and just but but more in terms of engaging existing clients because you guys got heaps of policy holders and um have you thought of like creative ways of engaging them or you or you guys just you know, hang your hat on being old school, picking out the phone and pressing the flesh. Yeah, as they look say. at this stage, it's picking up the phone, you know, and, and, and talking to them as much as we can. Yeah. So, I mean, going into the future, for sure, like we'll, we'll be looking at, um, you know, leveraging technology and things like that, you know, whatever we can to try and improve that engagement process. I think that's always going to be like we have to just keep doing better as, as time goes on. Um, mm. 
but yeah, I mean, for now, the cornerstone of it is to to talk to clients, you know, um, and 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 talk them through it and understand what's going on. So, yeah, so no, we don't have. I wouldn't at this stage. I wouldn't. I wouldn't call it anything creative. Um, yeah. Yeah. How about you? Uh, we don't do anything too exciting. Um, yeah. I'm I'm looking at thinking about okay, can we do a webinar as a hey, this is the time at which you review your policy. Yeah, here are five way, here are five points at which to reach out. Yep. Um, and connect with us because you know we're talking about our review process and how we do it, and because sometimes it's just clients just don't want to review the policies. Nothing's changed in their life. Yeah, they don't yeah, want to talk 100%. to us or hear from us. So yeah, yeah. how do we be a bit more creative in going? Because, I mean, a lot of what I think about is how do I empower our clients yep. to, to make informed decisions at the purchasing yep. point but also how do, how do we make them more educated on an ongoing basis so we're not getting an email, oh, hey, I've got a $1,000 pay rise, can we increase my income protection? Yeah. yeah. Sure, we can do that but we're not getting paid so we'll have to charge you yeah. and it's a mad load of work for you to do a paper application yeah, so yeah. maybe you don't want to do that. Yeah. Um, but just how do we educate them in going – you pick up the phone when X, Y, and Z happens. Yep. Other than that, probably no need to pick up the phone. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm keen to hear any, any listeners out there. If you got any some, some cool way of communicating with clients, or just it doesn't need to be that sexy. Um, but it, you know, just yeah, put it in the Facebook group and 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 it'd be good to chat about different yeah. ways of reengaging clients. Yeah, no, I think you, I think you're right, Phil. It's it's one of those things we just got to keep keep trying to do the best we can to to you know make sure people are aware of what they have and and the engagement aspect is so important, you know. So they don't. Mm. I mean, you know, you've we've all had those clients, you know, like I get referred clients periodically that. I've had premium or policies set up like ten years ago, and they haven't reviewed them and stuff. And yeah. I'm like, oh, you got to do it. Like, you got to, you know, stay on top of these, stay on top of your, your cover, like everything else. Yeah, that, yeah. That financial housekeeping. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got two questions, but before I go to the question, my big takeaways. I write down notes, so it must have been a good conversation because I never <laughs> write down notes. <laughs> but my takeaways is let the client vent. When we get to premium increases, people <laughs> want to whinge, and it's good just to just put their put their phone away from your yeah. head just a little bit. Yeah. Let them go on, say okay about five times Pro- in ten minutes. It, approach it with some empathy, I reckon. Yeah, <laughs> and and that that was the other note is like put yourself in the client's shoes. Like yeah. it is a pain in the neck. We're not there to try and convince them to keep their cover. Yeah, we're just there to listen to them, empathize with them. Um, and then, yeah, yeah, the other point was just help them understand. Well, actually, what's the reason we put this in place in the first place? Yeah, yeah. Is that is that need still there? Then then let's keep it. Yeah. And if we need to dial down the cost because there are issues with you know cost of living raise, rising, then let's go and do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But my last two questions is: What is one interesting hobby that you have? An interesting hobby. Uh, I tell you what, it's probably probably more of a COVID thing, I've become uh, a bit, a little bit hooked on home DIY. Actually, okay. Could you call that a hobby? I don't know. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's a hobby because I hate doing it. So it's definitely yeah. it must be a hobby. We start like we moved into our place a couple of years ago, just just before COVID hit, and then with all the lockdowns and stuff, I um, it's amazing what you can learn from YouTube. You know, just yeah. 
So yeah, we've um, we fixed up fixed, fixed this place up a lot actually, and done a lot of things to it. And I, yeah, I, do, I enjoy it. I enjoy getting my hands dirty. I guess. What's What's the thing you proud most proudest of? Oh, I don't know. Uh, put a laundry in. We didn't do the laundry, so that was that was good. Oh, you redid a laundry? Yeah, yeah. Like ripped out the old cabinetry and and put all the new stuff in and tiled. Yeah, cool. And painted and. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, you're from the country, so you've got a bit of that <laughs> yeah. handyman in you anyway. Yeah, I did so. grow up on a farm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but also, like, I didn't, you know, I'd never, I'd never, yeah, I just never had a crack at it, I guess. And then once you get started, you go, hey, this isn't so bad. And like I said, you can just learn so much from YouTube. So, yeah. Yeah, my experience is, is very different. I get <laughs> so annoyed and I'm very particular about the things that I do and I never have the right equipment. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, it doesn't help that I'm a tight ass and every time I go to Bunnings, I try and get like the cheapest thing you know, or the yeah. or so try and make sure I don't overspend. Well, my wife has given me a little bit of a hard time about um, the fact that every time I do go to Bunnings, I do come home with a different tool these days. Yeah. So, our garage is rapidly filling up as a workshop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One, yeah, one of my good mates is the same way. He's like, every time he goes to Bunnings, he get upgrade some power saw or something yeah, or other. Yeah, there's always something there exactly for a new job. Yeah. But Oh, awesome. And the last question, when do you get a chance to do your emails? Are you doing them all through the day, at the oh. end of the day, at the start of the day? Yeah, this has always been my bug there with emails and um, I, I try to um, – I've been going back to the office a bit with sort of the reopening. So if I'm on the – I try and just use dead time if I can. So on the train um, in and out of the city, um, um, usually – you know, before nine, so try and flush out any emails that have sort of come in. But I do, I do have a bad habit of going back to my inbox throughout the day to did all the, you know, recommended things, turn off your notifications and yeah. rah, 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 But I do have a bad habit of of sort of in between, you know, chunky tasks. I'll go back to the emails and get sidetracked. So I need to be a bit more disciplined. I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I'm exactly the same. I do them all the, all the day, all day long. Um, and I've got someone else helping me look at my emails as well. And I still I'm still pretty bad because <laughs> when I look at it and they haven't cleared some of it out within like ten minutes, I'm like, yeah, damn it, come on, let's I, get rid I of think these with emails. emails. One of the biggest things that frustrates me. I'm sure everybody who might be listening feels the same way. Like the amount of unsubscribing I do is just mm. crazy. And then. You know these emails just magically phoenix and turn <laughs> up again. I'm like, is this unsubscribe button really working, or is it yeah. set up like this? You know, good, good point. All right, we'll add you to our Sky email list um, <laughs> just so you get you get another spam email. Yeah, I'll test yeah. your unsubscribe button. Nah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> All right, awesome. Thanks yeah, for um, coming on. I really appreciate you taking the time and uh, have a chat to us. Yeah, cheers, Phil. Thanks. Thanks for joining us today. If you've enjoyed this episode and you think someone else will get value out of it, I'd love it if you could forward it on to them. And as always, we can continue the conversation in the My Risk Advisor Facebook group. All you need to do, open up Facebook and search My Risk Advisor and I'll see you in there.